Welcome to the Prime Podcast. On today's podcast, we'll recap the week it was in the NFL playoff divisional matchups. We'll discuss the Green Bay Packers hiring former Tennessee Titans offensive coordinator Matt LaFleur. I will also make my playoff picks for this weekend's conference final matchups, and I'll tell you who I'm buying and who I'm selling for the next five to seven seasons in the National Football League. So let's start with this. The divisional round of the NFL playoffs. Kind of predictable in my opinion. I went 4-0 on picks just like I did last week. You have the Chiefs beating the the Indianapolis Colts 31-13. You have the Los Angeles Rams beating the Dallas Cowboys 30-22. You have the Patriots beating the Chargers 41-28. And you have the New Orleans Saints beating the Philadelphia Eagles 20-14. to So let's start with the Chiefs and Colts game. I thought that the Chiefs would have won this game. And this game happened to be exactly what I thought it would have been. A cold playoff game where defense would be key. And the Kansas City Chiefs, who ranked about last in mostly all of these defensive statistics in the regular season, came off and played at an exceptionally high level against a great offense spearheaded by Andrew Luck and obviously the head coach calling the plays, Frank Wright. Now the Chiefs was getting to Andrew Luck, who has a great offensive line. The Chiefs were making it hard for Andrew Luck to find his open players. The Chiefs were making it hard for them to score in the red zone and for them to even get into the red zone. And the Chiefs have had a wonderful game all around on the defensive end. Now, offensively, we know how good they are. We know that Patrick Mahomes is going to be the MVP for this season. We know that Tyreek Hill is one of the quickest wide receivers in the league. We know that as an athlete in the NFL, he's one of the most dynamic players on the offensive end. Returning punts, returning kicks playing running back, running all types of routes and catching the ball and just speeding downfield into the end zone. They call him Cheetah. They don't call him Cheetah for no reason. Travis Kelsey, my God. Is there a better tight end in football than this guy, Travis Kelsey? Is there any player that plays a tight end position that is as dynamic as Travis Kelsey? Now, I don't want to hear about Rob Gronkowski, who did have a great game against the Chargers, but all season long, he was a shell of himself. I don't want to hear about Jimmy Graham, and even though I'm a Packer fan, I mean, he wet the bed all season long. Now, George Kittle from the 49ers, yeah, I'd hear about him. He's pretty good. But Travis Kelsey's the best tight end in football, and he's on that Chiefs offense. And let's let's talk about Andy Reid, too. To me... This guy is the best offensive mind in all of football. You talk about McVay, you talk about Sean Payton, you talk about Frank Wright. Andy Reid is intelligent. He's highly intelligent. He calls plays that suits the team. He calls plays that goes well with the roster, and he is playing with the most talented roster that he's ever played with on the offensive end. And he's calling plays up and down. That's going to trick teams. That's going to get points. 
that's going to galvanize the troops, that's going to have the fans thinking, wow, we have a great team. So the Chiefs win this game, and that was what I expected, for the Chiefs to beat the Indianapolis Colts at home with snow on the field, cold temperatures. I would expect, I expect them to win, and they did just that. Now let's move to the Cowboys and the Rams. Now the Cowboys had an exceptionally great season all around. We know that they have elevated their play on the defensive end. I believe that the Dallas Cowboys have the best linebacking core in football. I believe that Demarcus Lawrence is a top five pass rusher in this league. And I also think that Byron Jones is a great corner. And he's also a pro bowler, by the way. And on the offensive end, you know, Dak Prescott, average quarterback. He will get paid this offseason by the Dallas Cowboys. Zeke Elliott, top three running back. A lot of people think he's the best running back in football. Omari Cooper, top wide receiver, best route runner in football. And obviously a top five offensive line with just great players. Now, even with all of that, I expected the Rams to beat the Cowboys. Sean McVay, the youngest head coach in football, 32 years old. This guy's a wizard. It's hard to outsmart this guy. Now, you give him a bye against the Dallas Cowboys. That means an extra week to prepare, an extra week to look at film, and an extra week to come up with a game plan to defeat the Dallas Cowboys at home. They did just that. They went out. And didn't play at their best, obviously. You know, a lot of guys looked a little bit rusty, you know, on the defensive end. They didn't look that good, particularly in the secondary. But I expected them to win this game, and they did just that. I think they're a better team than the Dallas Cowboys. They're better coached than the Dallas Cowboys. And you look at this team all season long, they wouldn't get kicked out in the divisional round of the NFL playoffs. They would have to go further than that given the season they had. And let's segue to the Patriots Chargers game where Tom Brady looked like the greatest of all time, the GOAT. Where Sony Michelle was looking like Le'Veon Bell or one of those top running backs. Where the Chargers looked like a shell of themselves, where I had to feel bad for the Chargers because they were just not playing football. They were just not playing organized. They were there were there was too many penalties from the Chargers. They were confused on certain play calls. They were asleep defensively, and they just got picked apart by Tom Brady and his offense, particularly the running game. Sony Michel is a bad guy. He 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 could run that ball, and he finds the holes that the offensive line opens up for him, and he exploits those holes. I mean, I mean the Chargers looked extremely bad. I thought this game would have been closer than this, and obviously they scored 28 points, but towards the end of the game, they, they became aggressive while the Patriots were more or less lackluster because they had already won the game. So that's how the Chargers ended up scoring 28 points. But before that, before the end of the game, the Patriots, towards the end of the game, the Patriots were thumping the Chargers. They were scoring points and doing whatever they wanted with the Chargers. And what was interesting to me is the defense that the Patriots played. They played great defense. Keenan Allen and the other receivers from the Chargers could not get open. They were not getting the ball. Melvin Gordon was atrocious at the running back position. 
And then the Patriots, obviously, with Bill Belichick and Tom Brady once again prevail. And they're going to be in the conference championship game against the Chiefs. And then last but not least, the Saints and the Eagles. You really thought Drew Brees was going to lose to the Philadelphia Eagles? You really thought that this team who had the number one seed for the for the NF, NFC division was going to lose to the Eagles? With those fans, that new dance that they're doing? You think they were going to lose to the Eagles? I don't think so. And I knew they were going to win this game. But they didn't play particularly well. And... A lot of that is credit to the Philadelphia Eagles. You're playing with a backup quarterback and a decimated secondary. And you go out there in the Dome, in New Orleans, where everybody is particularly against you. It's loud and disruptive. And you stay in the game all game long. As a matter of fact, the Philadelphia Eagles had 14 points and the Saints had zero in the first half, in the first quarter, I'm sorry. And the Philadelphia Eagles looked very great. They looked very confident all game long. And we have to give credit to Jim Schwartz for calling some great plays on defense. And then obviously some great calls from Doug Peterson on the offensive end with a limited quarterback in Nick Foles where they were able to go in New Orleans and keep this thing as a game. I thought it would have been a blowout. But I don't think the Saints played bad. I, I just think that the Eagles just stayed in this game, and they played particularly well. So what are we going to have next week in the conference championship matches? We're going to have the Chiefs versus the Patriots. The Chiefs are going to be playing at home. And we're going to have the Saints versus the Rams. And what's interesting in both of those games is as both of those teams played, both, all four of these teams played against each other earlier in the season. The Chiefs and the Patriots played at Foxborough where the Patriots won. And then the Rams and the Saints played at New Orleans where the Saints won. So it's rematch. It's we got the blueprint on how to beat you because we've been watching film. It's we're coming back to avenge the loss that we took against you. Or we're coming back to beat you again to show you that we're better than you. It's just going to be a great weekend of some high-quality football. And I'm looking forward to it. So let's segue to this. The Green Bay Packers obviously fired Mike McCarthy in the middle of the season, last season. I thought that Mike McCarthy deserved to end the season with the Green Bay Packers and then get fired at the end of the season after not making the playoffs for two straight seasons for one of the most storied franchises in all football. But anyways, whatever happened, happened. And we went ahead and we signed Matt LaFleur as our head coach. And we were getting a lot of stick for that. We are getting a lot of stick for that. People were talking about he has no head coaching experience. He was the offensive coordinator for Tennessee, and they were bad all season long. He was with Sean McVay, but he didn't really have that much say. He was with Kyle Shanahan, but he didn't have that much say. You got people coming out saying that this guy is not a leader. We're getting a lot of stick for this guy, but I think that's a great signing for us. And the reason why is because he's a great offensive mind. And his agenda is to challenge Aaron Rodgers every day in practice, every day on the field. 
And that is, a, that is the exact head coach that you need for an organization like Green Bay. You need someone to challenge Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers is one of the most talented quarterbacks to ever play football. You get Matt LaFleur. Let's go, to his, let's go to his resume. He was a coordinator with the Rams in 2017. The Rams had five 30-point games. They were the best scoring offense. And Goff had his first great year. Remember the year before that, he was with Jeff Fisher. And he was just bad overall. The Rams made the playoffs in that year, and they lost to Atlanta. Then he was the Redskins quarterback coach. He elevated Robert Griffin III and Kirk Cousins. He was the Falcons quarterback coach in 2016 when Matt Ryan won the MVP. He worked closely with Sean McVay, worked closely with Kyle Shanahan, two of the more brilliant offensive minds in football. And most recently, he was the offensive coordinator for the Titans. This was his first time calling plays. He did okay. He, you know, obviously they didn't rank great on the offensive end. But given Marcus Mariota's injury and the injuries that they had on the offensive end, injuries to offensive linemen, injuries to Walker, injuries to Mariota, 9-7 and seven record, barely missing the playoffs, that's not bad. He elevated the play of running back Derrick Henry, who didn't have a superb year until now. He elevated the play of wide receiver Corey Davis, who everyone thought would have had a great rookie year. He had a bad rookie year, and now this time around he comes in and, and plays an ex, at ex, an exceptionally high level. Now, is he the right guy? I think, the, I think he's the right guy, and here's why. The NFL is trending towards those young, energetic, type of creative, offensive minds like Matt Nagy from the Chicago Bears, Sean McVay, and Cal Shanahan. Now, I'm not sure if he will challenge Rodgers, but that's the reason why he's in this position. All right, It's going to be hard to challenge a quarterback that is as talented as Aaron Rodgers when you don't have all that credibility in terms of Matt LaFleur not having head coaching experience and only one year in on calling plays on the offensive end. But, you know, I think Matt LaFleur is the right guy for this job. Now, there are questions about it, and I have some questions, too. You know, I don't know how much of a leader he is. We had a scout come out or an executive come out a week ago and say that this guy is smart. He's brilliant, but he's just not a great leader. So I don't know if he, he's going to be able to command a locker room, and I don't know if the stage is too big for him. But what I do know is that he's intelligent, and he has a great agenda, which is the number one agenda for Green Bay right now for the head coach, which is to challenge Aaron Rodgers. So what that means for Green Bay. This could be a long-term head coach. The Green Bay Packers don't turn over head coaches frequently. Mike McCarthy was there for long. All the other coaches were there for long. And all of them have been successful, which means that Matt LaFleur could be successful as well. Now this also means Aaron Rodgers' career, it could be rejuvenated. He had a down year last year. He had a down year the year before that. Obviously, he was injured. And you look at the head coaches who are bright offensive minds. Look at them and their quarterback. Look at them and the relationship with their quarterbacks. McVay and Goff. Frank Wright and Andrew Luck. Sean Payton and Drew Brees. Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes. You know, you're seeing... You know, these bright offensive minds, they have a great relationship with their quarterbacks and they're doing well. 
This also means that the Packers are focused on offense, but they still haven't addressed their defense. They did not change the defensive coordinator. They stuck with Mike Penn, where this guy has been terrible all year. So we don't know the direction moving forward defensively. But Matt LaFleur, I think that was a bold hiring from the Green Bay Packers. And I think this hiring would pay off in the long run. I really do. Now let's segue to this. The conference championship games this weekend. Now we already know that these games are going to be great. We know that practically these are rematches. In both games where both teams and both games played earlier in the season and whoever beat who, but it's kind of a revenge game and both teams or all four teams that are better than they were and they're coached differently now and their defense are playing is playing at a higher level. The first game is the Patriots and the Chiefs. And by the way, I haven't been wrong all playoffs long. Been right in the wild card round, 4-0, 4-0 in the divisional round. Let's see how I do in the conference championship games. Not a big deal to me, but I'm just saying. So I'm picking the Chiefs to beat the New England Patriots. They're playing at home. They're playing at Arrowhead. Andy Reid has a point to prove. Mahomes has to prove that he could play in the playoffs. He didn't throw a touchdown pass last game against Indy. He's known for throwing multiple touchdown passes in one game. Known for throwing three touchdowns. Known for throwing four touchdowns. He threw six in one game this season. Their defense, Kansas City's defense, has played exceptionally well to end the season. And last game against the Colts, we couldn't believe our eyes that that was Kansas City's defense. So they're playing defense in the playoffs. You get Ari Berry back. The Ford has been great. Jones has been great. And you look at the Patriots away from home. They have been atrocious. 3-5 and five in the regular season. You lose to Detroit. You lose to Miami. And you lose to the Jacksonville Jaguars. And also the Tennessee Titans. All winnable games. You lose to those games. You lose those games away from home. So if you're losing these games away from home, why am I supposed to believe that you could beat the Kansas City Chiefs who are as hot as they are right now in Arrowhead. I don't think so. I'm picking the Chiefs to win this game. Now we go to the next game, the Saints versus Rams, which I believe might be a closer game than the Chiefs and the Patriots. And I'm rolling with the Saints on this one. The reason why is because I believe the Saints are Super Bowl bound. I think the Saints are going to win the Super Bowl this year. So to get to the Super Bowl, you obviously have to win the conference championship game. You look at the Saints, the offense has been clicking on all cylinders. Apart from that loss to Dallas early in the season, they've been clicking on all cylinders. Now, I am surprised that they lost, that they, I'm sorry, I am surprised that they didn't dominate the Philadelphia Eagles. I'm surprised they didn't play particularly well against Philly, but they overcame a 14-point deficit. And for most of the game, they rode on the energy of the home the home field fans. The fans in New Orleans were energetic, and I believe the New Orleans Saints used that to their benefit to win this game against Philly last week. 
I think it's tough to beat the Saints at home at the Superdome. They're 7-0 in their last seven games at home in the playoffs. They beat the Rams earlier at the Superdome. And they're able to stop the run and force turnovers. You look at Jared Goff, six turnovers in his last five regular season games, no touchdowns against the Dallas Cowboys. So what that tells us is that they rely heavily on the run. And the Saints are good at stopping their run. They're good at neutralizing the run. Their secondary isn't all that great, but Goff has just not been that great. Dating back to about six, seven games. So I'm picking the Saints to beat the Rams. And I'm picking the Chiefs to beat the Patriots. Now, let's see how that goes. Let's see how it goes. Let's see how it plays off. That would be a super, super bowl. Matter of fact, if any of those teams win, whatever scenario we get, we're going to get a great Super Bowl either way. But the Saints versus the Kansas City Chiefs, teams that pride themselves on the offensive end, that would be great to see those two teams in the Super Bowl. I'm picking the Chiefs to beat the Patriots, and I'm picking the Saints to beat the Los Angeles Rams. So let's move to this. Buying and selling. This segment, I'll pick a team to buy, and I'll pick a team to sell. Now, both teams can't be in the playoffs, so it has to be teams that did not make the playoffs. And similarly to buying and selling the stock, a stock, we're looking at the long term. Does the team have stability? Are they flexible in terms of cap space? Is the ownership great? Do they have key position players? So let me tell you a team that I'm buying. I'm buying the San Francisco 49ers for the next five to seven years. And the reason why is because they have Kyle Shanahan as their head coach, who has not proved anything to us thus far as a head coach, but I don't even think he had the opportunity to when he has all these injuries. So I think they have him, who could be one of the better head coaches in all of football once he gets his team back. You have competent ownership, 5-0 and with Garoppolo in his first five games. You have young players on the defense. You got DeForest Buckner. You have Solomon Thomas, both dynamic defensive players. And they're young as well. You have leadership with Richard Sherman and Joe Staley. The offense could be one of the best offenses going into next year. And that might sound delusional, but they had a huge amount of injuries all season long this year. So you look at it. Let me tell you why I think they could be one of the better offenses next year. You have a bright mind calling the plays in Kyle Shanahan. You get Jimmy Garoppolo, one of the better young quarterbacks. You get him back healthy. We haven't seen Jarek McKinnon, who was signed last offseason, who was a phenomenal running back for the Vikings. But the Vikings couldn't re-sign him because he was worth too much money. Anyways, the 49ers signed him. He got injured. He's coming back. You add that guy with Matt Breida, who had a breakout season this year, as your one-two combo at running back, you're good there. The offensive line, not that bad. Got guys like Matt Finchie, got Joe Staley, got other tough guys. George Kittle, we haven't even talked about him yet. This guy is the second best tight end in football after Travis Kelsey. I mean, the last week of football, they were breaking records, each other's record, records that they set for each other. So you get that tight end coming back. 
And by the way, the San Francisco 49ers, they're eyeing. Antonio Brown, they're eyeing. Odell Beckham Jr., they have $62 million in cap space, and they're not shy to spend the money. So they're looking at high-caliber players in trades. They have young players on defense. They have this year's draft to develop other positions that they need players at. They have the bright offensive young head coach that the league is treading towards. They have the great young quarterback and Jimmy G coming back healthy. They have these pieces around them. Competent ownership, money to spend. I'm buying this team. Now, let me tell you who I'm selling. I'm selling the Pittsburgh Steelers. No team in football has had more controversy in the last two years than the Pittsburgh Steelers. Players and coaches. There's controversy all over. Big Ben every year. I'm going to retire. I'm not going to retire. We don't know. Le'Veon Bell sat out the whole year. Antonio Brown, he won out. Bad secondary. No depth at the key positions. Aging players. And now let's go to the staffs. Todd Haley last year, out. Mike Munchak this year, out. We don't even know if Mike Tomlin after next year is going to have his job as the head coach. They're not looking like a free agent destination. They're in the bottom half of the league in cap space. So they won't have that much money to spend. And even if they trade Antonio Brown, they're still going to be dead money on the cap. And now you have in your division, the Cleveland Browns who are looking better. You have the Baltimore Ravens who are looking better. You have both of these teams elevating in terms of talent. You have both of these teams more flexible than you in terms of cap space. I'm selling the Pittsburgh Steelers. We have seen it over the course of the years that this team had a lot of controversy, but they were successful. Now, they still have controversy, and they're not successful. I'm selling the Pittsburgh Steelers. All right, guys. Thanks for listening to the podcast. Hope you guys enjoyed. Peace.